Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Well, thank you. And that is the voice of Dick Warren. This is The Coaching Show. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, because you have to say it that way. Uh, with me, as always these days, is Alex Terranova. And I don't mean just here on the show. I mean, just you're always with me. Yeah, it's weird. We got to get that. It's like you saw that those kids on leashes at Disneyland and you put one on me and now it's just it, it was cute the first day and now it's weird. <laughs> Exactly. And your wife, your wife was like, can he leave? What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> it was cute the first day, but now it's weird. It's sort of the story of my life, uh, <laughs> including my dating life or my marriage. Yeah, thank you for all of that. That, uh, again, Alex Terranova, he's a professional certified coach through the International Coach Federation. Also the creator of The Dream Mason. You can find him at thedreammason.com on the Dream Mason podcast, on the Flip the Lens podcast. He's also author of the recently released book, Fictional Authenticity. And you've got something we can do online, some authenticity audit. What's that? <laughs> yeah, you can go to uh, thedreammason.com and take the authenticity audit, which is a very fun, uh, I want to say quiz, to find out how authentic you are. So it, it poses like real life situations and asks you what you would do in those situations. So uh, just like that TV show, what would you do? Is there a TV show like that? Did you? How did you do on the authenticity audit? I'm not telling. Um, <laughs> the Dream Mason, thank you so much for being with me. Uh, anything you want to share with the class before we get to our delightful guest today? Hmm. I don't know. I don't think I have anything. I'm like thinking. I always because I feel like you know you ask me and then I, later I'll go. Oh, I should have shared this because it, it feels relevant for coaching um you know i think uh i don't have anything in the moment that's like so specific for coaches i know the icf has an event coming up um icf advance 220 that's right yeah um and i shared last 20, week 2020 not 2020. Not 2020 that was a long time <laughs> sorry now i can run for office um uh <laughs> And, uh, and I shared last week, but I want to share it again because it's, it's pretty – actually, I have two. There's a, um, a Business Networking International is having their, uh, their conference, and they have some amazing speakers lined up that I actually think would be really relevant for coaches to hear. So far, the ones that have been announced uh, have been pretty, um, pretty exciting. I'm, I wasn't planning on going, and now that I see it and it's virtual and it's only like 49 bucks, I'm going to. Who is it? Who is it? The first, uh, Seth Godin was the first speaker they announced. And then the second speaker, which that to me had me sold for 49 bucks to see Seth Godin talk. And he's actually talking about creating a practice, like how you create a practice and what it takes. And the speaker they announced uh, yesterday is a man named Ken Honda. I don't know if you're familiar with Ken Honda. He wrote a book called Happy Money. Yeah. So when I looked him up and I read a little about him, then I was like, oh, I want to see this guy too. Um, and then I guess I have something that I can share too. I'm actually was asked by BNI to give a talk to the entire San Diego region, um, something that could support people during COVID, during the quarantine, anything that could help people, you know, empower their businesses during this time. And I created a talk uh, that I'm giving on the 23rd. 
I'm just guessing hair care tips. Yes, exactly. How to how to regrow hair during stressful times. Um, <laughs> I can hear you. Uh, the, the, this month, September 23rd at noon, um, I'm going to be giving a talk called How You're Killing Your Business More Than COVID. Nice. Nice. I like that. That's bold. Thanks. All right. It's on Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we smash the patriarchy. So at what time? One o'clock? <laughs> 12 o'clock at noon, September 23rd. And if people are interested, uh, they can reach out to, you know, uh, this podcast producer at the coaching show. They can reach out to me at alex at the dreammason.com and I can send them a link. Very good. So the ICF Advanced BNI uh, is having their conference. Um, a couple of conferences canceled the, the uh, Midwestern Regional Conference, ICF Conference, as well as the um, Capital Coaches Conference in Washington, D.C., for this year, but they'll come back strong next year. All right. Um, uh, we should mention that a longtime sponsor of this program is Accomplishment Coaching, the world's finest coach training program. is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, as is this program. Uh, open now for registration and programs, well, really anywhere, because they're online, I'm sure. Uh, New York City, uh, San Diego, Washington, D.C., and I think that's everything. Chicago. All right, um, we should get to it. I, we have a wonderful guest with an unlikely topic today. Peter Stewart is a PhD, an experienced business psychologist. He specializes in leadership consulting, coaching, and training. He's part of the senior leadership team of Stewart Leadership. He's also got continuing oversight over the Stewart leadership family of assessments, including the Lead Now self-assessment and the Lead Now 360 assessment. He's a co-owner of a group practice. He's an active researcher and trainer and author and a speaker. He's an adjunct professor and he's taught assessment administration and interpretation at the graduate school at Washington State University. Go Cougars! Published many articles, been in Forbes, the Journal of Clinical Psychology and others. Joining us from his palatial mansion, I'm sure, in Washington State. Please welcome to our microphone for the first time, Peter Stewart. Peter, hello. Hello, Christopher and Alex. Thank you. It's a joy to be able to join you today. And thank you for that very, very kind introduction. Uh, my, my kids will get a kick out of the palatial uh, side of it. <laughs> well, um, the Stewart Leadership is just a publishing powerhouse. Uh, we've got Lead Now, we got 52 leadership lessons, 52 leadership gems, and the most influential articles for 2020. I checked, Alex. Not nothing we've written is in here. We we need to, we need to invite you for the, the next version. Oh my <clears> god! One each say, year. You just saved well, yourself. I was going to be like, get him off the show. Let's find a new guest. We get <laughs> who, who published us? Wait a second. My mom could be on the show. Um, I, in all seriousness, I. Uh, Peter, it's great to have you here, and I'm surprised by what you want to talk about. We often think of stories and storytelling as, in, if we're going to talk about it in business, not at home with our kids, we're talking about it in a marketing sense. But you talk, want to talk about coaching with stories. What are we talking about? Yeah, I think stories, I mean, we've all grown up with stories, and everybody loves stories. And, and I think stories can be a powerful way in which we can help kind of stretch our, our paradigm, how we view the world, as we, how we understand things. They can also be a very effective way as a coach 
to help illustrate a principle without it being feel like a lecture. And I think from a coaching perspective, you know, we're always trying to draw out from the individual what their what their thinking is, what their thoughts are. And when we we can leverage the use of stories to help illustrate a point or help them see a different perspective and and just get that dialogue going, I think it can be a powerful tool. I feel like uh, typically now you would ask a question. I, I was going to say, I feel like you're waiting for me. I, well, I mean, I don't know. We, you know, we just got in here. I thought you were going to have bring a little bit more. You know, usually you bring that fire right when we start and knock the guests right off their seats. Um, <laughs> um, I'm. I was looking at your the website for Stuart Leadership, and then and you're talking about stories. I'm curious about the story that plays into like the leadership. Like what you know, what's Christopher doesn't like origin stories, but as somebody who's, who's a master of stories, like you have to be, we should be able to turn him around. What's the story that got you into this leadership and publishing that it's gotta be exciting. Don't like, don't, I'm going to get in trouble if you don't do good here. (laughs) No, this better, better be good. Well, so I, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid since for as long as I can remember. Uh, So my dad actually started the firm. Uh, So I grew up household names, you know, were, Peter Drucker and Blanchard and Tom Peters. And some of my earliest memories are sitting there sorting 360 assessment booklets in the family room floor. So um, that, that part of it's been in my DNA my entire life. And there wasn't really a family business because my dad was a solopreneur, uh, but we were his, his team. You know, we were his dad entry crew in high school. We put together the binders for his seminars. And uh, even as I was going through grad school, all of my research was focused on assessments. So he'd continue coming to me saying, hey, we want to create a new assessment. We want to tweak the 360 a little bit here and there. Um, so I never really got away from that uh, side of the business, even when I was running my group practice uh, for a number of years. And ultimately, here's where the, the kind of the kicker was, where I, I had an opportunity to start doing some coaching on these assessments, just to do some debriefs. And I said, sure. I, I hadn't done that before, started doing that. And I think this is really interesting. It's, it's working with a different group of folks, a different clientele, because my practice was really focused on kids, adolescents, and families on the clinical side. So then here I was working with very high achieving professionals. And I remember one time as I'd gotten back from a trip back east, where I'd been working with an executive team, particularly a CEO. And here I am now back in my clinic. And I'm having this conversation with an eight-year-old. And we're talking about the exact same thing that we were talking about with that CEO. You know, and just there are some fundamentals of human interactions, of relationships that really, you know, you've heard that old say, you know, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten. (laughs) I mean, there are just some fundamentals that we can need a little bit of reminders on, even throughout our life. So that's how I kind of got, got pulled back over into this, this realm of doing the more corporate uh, side of facilitating people's development. And that's really, we're trying to help people bring out their best selves. And that's at, at Stuart Leadership what we're trying to do. Wait, I got one follow-up. Don't jump in here, Christopher. I just got you. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> the diff, what's the biggest difference between working with an eight-year-old and a CEO? <laughs> like same person 
<laughs> same person, same. I, one, you can pull on a lot more of their past experience and, and they know what they need to be doing as a CEO. Um, the eight-year-old, sometimes you're having to do a little more instruction. It's like, this is how you treat people. <laughs> CEO, you know. Come on, you've been here in this your whole life. <laughs> I have a different answer. <laughs> you gotta do, it, it ain't easy to be a CEO. So my hat's off to, to the executives out there because it is a challenging role. And everywhere you're turning, people are trying to find what you're doing wrong or whatever. It, it's, it's hard. So my, my, a lot of respect to them. Here's my, here's my answer, Alex, not that anybody asked me. My answer of uh, the difference between a CEO and an eight-year-old is that if you say, what did you do wrong? The eight-year-old will tell you. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about, I wanna, I'm so fascinated because you're a guy who grew up in the leadership, you know, steeped in leadership, dealing with assessments of all things and trained as a researcher. So you're a guy who is, obviously fascinated or at least interested in quantifying improvements, right? How are we, how do we know we're better? How do I know my marriage is better today than it was 10 years ago? By the way, it is. Okay. Um, and stories seem to go the other direction. They seem to be more a narrative creative like that. So as a coach, I know that sometimes I'll resort to um, you know, a metaphor, an analogy, a simile, even, you know, I'll, I'll share my own personal experience so that my client can hear it from a different perspective. Is that what we're talking about here? Or is the use of stories in coaching a whole different? I, I think it's, you can look at stories a couple different ways. And, and I appreciate you highlighting the fact that stories can feel a little touchy feely to some people. It's like, wait a minute, this is, this is too, ah, too fluffy. Right. You know, and I think that as a coach, you have to be able to adjust based on the personality of those you're, you're working with. And for some, they resonate really. You start, you say the word story and their eyes light up, you know, they just, and they can start telling their own stories. And others, it's like, no, 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 no. What are the numbers showing? What's the data showing? So you need to be flexible. And that's, I think, what, what really helps a good coach be effective is that adaptability. But I think as, as you're looking at stories and the use thereof, of yes, you can use them to help illustrate a point, to teach that analogy, that metaphor, that sort of a thing. But then you can also help dive into understanding what is the narrative going on in their own head. We are creating stories all the time. And so how do we get into that thought? And so let, let me give you a situation where I'm giving, let's say it's a 360 assessment debrief. And oftentimes I'll start that off with a story, a lobster story. So let me, let me share the kind of in, in a nutshell what that is. If you think back to biology, whether this was in middle school or high school, and we're learning about a lobster and we learn about the anatomy and how that lobster doesn't have an inner skeleton. It has what's called this exoskeleton, this outer shell. And over the life cycle of that lobster, there comes critical moments in that lobster's life where the inside is really getting too big for that outer shell. And so the lobster has a choice. It's like, do I want to grow or do I want to stay just stunted in this small shell? Well, the lobster chooses growth and life. So what does it do? It recognizes 
that, hey, when I, when I shed this outer shell, there isn't a brand new hard shell right below. You know, it's soft. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm in a danger place. So they find a safe spot under the rocks, and there they, they shed that shell. And they, they wait as their next, that new undershell starts to harden. And so there is that significant point of vulnerability before they're able to then head out again. But by shedding that shell, it provides for the growth. And so even before I, I dive into it, as I'm sharing that story, what principles would you see apply to getting feedback from a 360 assessment? Well, first, uh, Stunted Lobster was the name of my band in college, so, you know. What a great name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've never, so I gotta say, I've never done, I've never had a 360 done like on, like with me as the, let's say the, the victim. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've done what you got out of the story. Yeah, no, no, no. But so, well, in relation to the 360, what I got out of the story though, separate from the 360, cause you tied it to a 360. Um, I mean, it was, was it seem, seemingly obvious that when we grow, we're always going to be vulnerable and we're always going to be out of our comfort zone or out of our safety shell and that we have to figure out a way to, to be okay in that, during that time so we can get to you know, that next evolution of who we are. Um, yeah. And I like the part about that growing is a choice because I'm not sure that at the lobster level it is, but certainly at the CEO or executive level. Yeah. I, I even, well, I actually wonder even that, like I, I say sometimes, I don't know, like we say it's a choice, but I sometimes think that like nature does what it does for animals, for humans. Like if you don't step through that door, life will find a way to kick you through it, like grab you by the belt buckle. And, and, and I, and the way I, I often think about that is it's like, you know, you, somebody doesn't want to do something and then they get in that car accident and realize like, oh my God, life is precious or they lose someone. And all of a sudden it's like, I do, I think life does that same thing with us. It's just not as gentle maybe as it is with uh, the lobster or, or, or we just have the brain power to assess it and judge it and whatnot. Yeah. And I think, uh, Peter, you were going to make a point, right? So that's what we got out of the story. Were you going to yeah, and I, and I think those are really good points. And, it, and that's why I think stories can be so powerful because even, even as a coach, I might have a, a principle that I, I think might be applicable and helpful here, but the individual, as you ask, hey, what, what are you getting out of this? They might take it in a totally different direction that is even more meaningful for them. Why? Because that is what they came up with. And so that's, that's a really powerful part. And so to, to your point of, do we have this choice? Are, are we making a choice? And whether we're more deterministic, whether we're more, you know, agentic in terms of, yep, we're making this choice. The, the point is, as we are growing, it requires some vulnerability. And I'll often add that that shell is important. I mean, that's our ego. We have to have some of that because life isn't easy. We're going to be knocked down. We have to be resilient. We have to get back up. People are going to say mean things to us. And we can't just let everything seep in. You know, we have to be able to let it bounce off. So you got to have a little bit, but you got to watch to make sure that that hard shell isn't getting in the way of you getting the feedback you really need for your own growth. When you talk about, 
you know, using these stories, that's obviously one that you've used, you know, that's sounds like one that you've used, you know, frequently, um, for coaches that maybe metaphor analogy story, doesn't come easy for how do, how can they, what are there like five steps or, you know, things that they can do to actually practice this? I think Christopher, somebody who uses analogy free analogy metaphor frequently and very easy for me, it, it's, it comes like very natural. It's fun. It's like one of my favorite parts of coaching, but I know that there are coaches that that's not right. We're all good and better at different things. So how do you get better at this? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. One, you always want to be you, you know, and, and you, you are, you know, in many ways, a Thank nice you. poster child for authenticity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we want to try and, and be yourself and try it out and see how it fits with the style. And maybe it's going to work with a couple uh, coaching clients, others that might not fit as well. But going back to your question, Alex, of how do you even begin to look at it? And, and that's where it's this mindset of, can you find, and are, are you trying to look for fundamental principles of leadership, of relationships? And you can find those everywhere when you have that, that viewpoint, that really open perspective. You're never going to watch a movie or a TV show the same way. Because you're going to look at this, that scene. Oh, I got I to gotta get a clip of that so I could show that. You know, there's a great uh, uh, bunch of clips from the movie Sully um, with, with Tom Hanks is that, that powerful, you know, the Hudson River landing where I'll talk about decision making and how you make that immediate decision and then how there's that, the questioning. And even Sully was questioning himself afterwards. Did I do the right thing? The committee was investigating, you know, that sort of thing. So you can pull on those examples. So it's one, it's having that mindset of, okay, am I looking out for a leadership principle today? What is the lesson that might come up? And if the, even that willingness to do it, it's going to happen. It kind of drives my kids nuts. Like I was backpacking with my oldest boy uh, here a bit ago, and we're going along so here. We're in the mountains out, outside uh, Mount Rainier National Park. And you find these stacks of rocks along the trails and they're called cairns and they help identify where the trail goes, especially if you're in the middle of kind of a boulder field or an area where there aren't real good natural landmarks and you can get lost easily. And so we're, we're hiking along and we're trying to get up this real steep ravine up to this glacier lake. And I start pointing out these, these cairns. And I was just getting ready to be making a, a presentation to a group on some change management ideas. And I stopped right there and I start taking some pictures of this thing because I'm like, oh, this is going to make a great slide and illustration of how do we lead others through the change management process? And what are the cairns to help the, those trailblazers support those who are coming along? And it, it just kind of gets into your DNA of, you're going to be finding these stories all over the place. I love this. Um, and, and as, you know, Alex's point, I am a guy who particularly, you know, I'll use a little snippet of my day or something to, to try and illustrate a point for a client or to, and do what you just did with us about, and what did you hear out of that? Or why am I telling you this story yeah. or something like that? I'm wondering are there bad stories? Have you, are there people, you know, who shouldn't like, is there, are there cautionary tales about like, 
if the story goes over three minutes, please stop talking or something like that, Peter. Yeah, you want to keep them short. I think that's a really good one. You, the, these are not stories that you need a prologue and an epilogue and chapters in them. You know, if you want to write your novel, that's not a good setting in a coaching situation. Um, so you want them short. Um, I think I, I am also leery of sharing a lot of personal stories as far as experiences because they they can be harder to either relate to or to pull out the principles of because I don't want to get in. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're going through type of mentality. And when I start sharing too many of my personal backstory or examples from that, I, I feel like it starts to, to go over that line of, I, I can't be as empathetic or understanding, or it's like, now I know exactly what they're experiencing. So I'm a little more cautious about sharing those personal from a coaching perspective as an external coach. As a manager who's trying to coach an individual, those might be very relevant. They might be very helpful, but you just have to be careful that you're, you're not doing that. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're going through. This is what happened to me. And then you go on this 10 minute diatribe about the worst boss you ever had. So you want it short. Um, you want it to just have a clear, clear principle or two and examples from nature, from history, from, you know, just situations you might've seen or observed those can be really powerful. So I think those are some, just a couple things to keep in mind as you're, you're crafting the stories. What about the, do you let the clients kind of tell you the stories that when, like when, when we're working with clients, we, we see their stories often before they do, right? Well, some of them see them, some of them we don't, right? They, they know them, but a, a lot, some, you know, especially clients that are new to coaching, you're like, oh, I see their, you know, the pattern they go through or something. Do you work to get them to really clearly identify and tell their story really powerfully? Or do you kind of tell them their story, but without, I'm almost like without telling them it's them and see what they see? <laughs> yeah. I think you can go wrong. both ways. Yeah. I think you're really having to gauge um, what that situation is and what that level of insight the individual has. Uh, oftentimes I'll point out themes that I'm noticing or observing saying it sounds to me or I'm, what I'm hearing you say is this or this or this. What do you see as a commonality between those three or, or what, what is connecting these? So I might throw out a couple of the main characters and let them identify what's the plot going to be, see where their mind's going to go. Um, and unless there's just, they're, they're not seeing it, I, I'm, re, I'm hesitant to just say, all right, here's what's happening. <laughs> oh, that's what's wrong with my coaching. Um, <laughs> when, <clears throat> do you also train your, your, or training might be the wrong word, but do you suggest to your clients, I'm thinking about how effective this would be in management and leadership. As you say, there's, a, there's probably a thousand ways to do this poorly, right? Where there's like, oh, I, I noticed that my wife, for example, has a very specific storytelling style that does not jive with my storytelling style, where the point seems elusive sometimes. Um, but is this a, a skill set 
that our clients should develop for their own leadership management or day-to-day life? I think yes. I think it can be a skill. And to, to help get them going, that's one of the reasons all you, we'll use the book, 52 Leadership Lessons, to give them sample stories. And that's where we've compiled 52, one for each day, week of the year, uh, to, to help them see, all right, this is, this is kind of how an effective leadership story is set up. Um, they're short. There's a principle to it. There's application items. And many will start the staff meeting each week. Hey, let's read a story. Let's talk about it. And as you share a few more of those examples, then you can start turning it over to the team to say, hey, who's experienced a leadership lesson or have they thought of one that they want to share with that? So you give them lots of examples so that they can identify these are effective ways to have a leadership lesson. Because you were kind enough, you're a very generous guest, and you provided us with a copy of 52 Leadership Lesson. I just did some math and figured out that this is week 36 of the year, in case Alex wants to do in week 35. Uh, <laughs> the leadership lesson for us this week is don't be ostrich blind. And I won't read the whole thing, but there's a story about ostriches and how, it, how ostriches um, have strengths and yet, they are blind in certain areas. And it was all, the resolution is, the good news is, like the ostrich, we usually already have the tools we need to overcome the challenges, risks, and threats to our success. We simply need to keep our eyes wide open and wisely use all of our strengths and resources. I mean, that's just valuable right there, Alex. Did you get something for yourself out of it? Don't put my head in the sand. That's, <laughs> that's what I... Just, just take a look at where you are putting your head in the sand. But I love that. It's a, it's a beautiful example. And the book is 52 Leadership Lessons. Now, you are a generous and kind human. And you and the folks at Stewart Leadership are going to provide some of these uh, books to our listeners as a free gift, which is so kind of you. Uh, beginning, middle, or end? Peter, what do, you, what do you prefer? The beginning, the middle, or the end? I'm going to make a game out of this. What do I prefer? Beginning, middle, or end? Yeah. I'll say the middle. Okay, good. So yeah. if you want a copy of this extraordinary book, 52 Leadership Lessons, Timeless Stories for the Modern Leader, uh, you would be, this is to our listeners, you would be uh, the people, the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th people to email producer at thecoachingshow.com. Dot com producer at the coaching show.com six seven eight nine and ten see the first if you'd gone beginning it would have been one through five and it would have been the other uh, uh, you know what we did there i made it i like it i like it see i've always been an empire strikes back type of guy so it's that that second one that's you get that middle one which kid are you by the way I, i'm second there you go there we I'm go two out, two out of four i'm <laughs> I pulled that one right out of. There you go. Alex, am I interrupting your show? Would you like to get back to the line of questioning you're on? I'm, I'm upset I don't have a book. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I, 
Alex, I'm happy to send you one. <laughs> Whoa, Christopher just flashed us. Not flashed us, but flashed us a whole bunch of books. We don't want to uh, mistake That's him. That's a bad story, yeah. Uh, um, you with me? Let's, uh, let's look at how, the, like, how all of this can work into application. And I want to I change it just a little bit. I know a lot of coaches that or sorry, coaches often want to, as they're building their practice, they want to get out there speaking, right? They want to be on podcasts. They want to be on stages, write a TED Talk. How do we improve like our speaking and our, our, our leadership talks and infuse stories into them, right? We've all been to those talks where we're just like, oh my God, when is this person going to be done? Um, and I know the talks that have the best stories that infuse the stories with the wisdom are the ones that you're like on the edge of your seat and like loving what the person is giving you. How can coaches be better at that? I, I think you're, you're hitting a really key point and that people remember the stories. They remember the analogy. It's like, Oh, you remember that talk about the lobster or he was the guy or she was the person who, you know, it's, and that's where you have to be careful that you're not just giving lists of data, you're not just going through a bunch of charts, but you're providing these insights. And I think they're a great way to help kick off a presentation. It helps bring that audience in, it helps draw them in to know, okay, what it is that we're, that we're talking about. Um, a common one I'll use is we start talking about team building, is I'll start talking about growing up in the Bay Area. and and as we would be camping in the redwood forest and those giant sequoias, and they're just majestic and beautiful. And hiking around, we'd look for banana slugs everywhere we went, because that was like the highlight, you know, looking for those banana slugs. And, but yet from those giant trees, we can learn a powerful principle about teamwork and about leadership. Because giant sequoias are very different from a lot of other trees where, you know, they can get up 200, 300 feet tall. I mean, they're just massive but their root structures are very shallow. They don't go deep, they don't have that deep tap root like a lot of trees do. They only go down about 20 to 30 feet, about 10% of their height. Now, how in the world can this tree survive and get to that height with such a shallow root structure? And the reason they can is because they have intertwined their roots with the other trees around them they recognize that they cannot achieve that tremendous height all alone. They need the support. They need to connect with others. And so that right there, just we're not talking about some real abstract principle. We're getting right at the heart of, as a leadership team, as a leader, are we going to be an island? Are we gonna be that lone tree in the middle of the rock, in the middle of the lake? <laughs> Or are we actually going to be a part of this forest and help others grow taller around us? Where we're not afraid of what other people bring, but we welcome to bring the best, bring the brightest, join, and we can then all grow together.
Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I, I love your ability with stories, and I get it now. It's striking to me that you created all of this wild being a researcher and, and <laughs> quantifying master. Um, I want to go back to something that you said sort of towards the beginning. And you were talking about how important it is as coaches for us to get in the narrative that the client is telling him or herself or themselves, right? Yeah. What is the narrative in their head, I think is how you said it. And this is something that I try and train coaches in because I think that probably in the first three minutes of any coaching conversation, the client has revealed what I've been calling their mythology, their <laughs> worldview. Yes. Any examples of that? If I see you nodding, any any examples of that that we can that come to mind, or any ways that you can you've developed to sort of plumb or extract people's worldview as you're talking to them? Yeah, I think two, two things I'll do. One is actually a story I'll illustrate of there's uh, a couple that comes down and they have their little breakfast together every morning in their nook. And they, they eat their cereal and they're drinking their coffee and they, they chit chat. And lately, the topic of conversation has been as, as the wife has looked out and seen the neighbor's laundry hanging in the, on the line. And just how it's it's kind of this dingy, it's got little spots on it. And she just gets frustrated that this laundry isn't as clean. It's not as white and as crisp as she believes laundry should be. And this just becomes the pattern. Each morning, they're having their breakfast, complaining about the laundry next door. Until one morning she comes down and she starts to take a sip of her coffee and she about drops her coffee cup as she looks out the window and she turns to her husband, says, wait, wait, those, those sheets are all nice and sparkly white and clean. Did, did you go talk to her? I was about to go over there and just drop off some Clorox and help her understand this is how you do laundry properly. And the husband just shakes his head. He takes a sip of coffee, sets the cup down, and he says, no, honey, I just washed the windows. Beautiful. 
And it's that recognition that we are viewing everything that we, we interact with through a filter, through a lens, through biases. And how can we really be aware of what that lens is? And one of the ways to do that is to be able to just share the thoughts that are going through your mind. As I'm sharing, we're talking about situations. Are, we, are you able to vocalize what is that reaction you're having? Can we get to what that automatic thought is, that, that narrative? Whether we're, we're reviewing an assessment report or whether you're talking about an interaction you just had with your boss or a peer as they were hogging all the resources or getting on you for not uh, hitting your numbers or whatever it might be. Talk out loud. Say, what is that narrative? And then what's an alternate, alternate thought, an additional thought we can use that might be more helpful? I love that story. That's such a great uh, example of perspective. Um, I'm curious if you have a great story about, you know, often coaches are out in the world having to tell people what coaching is, right? It's everyone doesn't know. And we all make them up and we all have different versions, right? And we're not going to give everyone a lecture or a sample session right on the spot. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a, a story that or a you know that you like to tell that's quick and and really that you feel like the script really nails down what coaching is yeah i think one it's it's recognizing coaching is not dry cleaning it's not something that you just drop off and come back and everything's fixed and everything's all perfect and clean and the spots are out it's more like piano lessons Whereas you got to go attend the session, but the real work happens between the sessions. It's not some magic that just because you carved out that 60 or 90 or however long that coaching session is every week or two or once a month, however it is, that's not where the change happens. The change happens as they actively embrace the process and fully engage, fully commit on the activities, the exercises that are given between sessions. That's where the growth occurs. So that, that's one that comes to mind just, just quickly. Really good. Um, Alex, how do you use stories currently? Like I'm, I mostly do that. I'm guilty of the thing where I share from my life to try and present a different perspective to the client, which is both a little drivey and a little manipulative, but so far it's worked, I'll let you know. What about you, do you use stories currently? I noticed that I started to make myself wrong when we were talking about don't use stories from your own life. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is when I do use stories from my own life, the thing that often is powerful about it is clients go, it's nice to know I'm not the only one. Like they have that story that they're the only one that has this belief yes. or this thing. And so often, and what I notice that I do is I'll gauge what stories do my clients like. So I have certain clients that love when I share, you know, the relationship breakdowns or the, the fears that I have about growing my business because those clients really, it, it really gives them a calming piece that they're not alone. And then I have other clients that they don't have time for all that, right? They are more... Um, I come up with metaphors 
And, and I think, again, the key here is knowing your clients. So I have three or four very, blue, very successful blue collar male clients who run very big businesses, but they're like still in the businesses. They never saw themselves as business owners and they love sports. And so if I can come up with some great sports analogies, um, or I can, one of the, some of the stories I love to do are stories that make sense within their business. So I have a, a client who owns a big plumbing company. And so it's really fun to kind of play with plumbing analogies and pipes and, <laughs> and things. And I, with, you know, with knowing my clients, I know which ones I can be kind of, I want to say like a little more, um, maybe, maybe, uh, uncultured or like, um, on inappropriate, like in, in a, not in a way that is bad, but in a way that's like, this is how they are in their life. And this is how they behave with their friends and their family. And, and being able to tell a story from the level that they're, that they're accustomed to really like locks into their mind and they can really get the, the analogy or the metaphor and see the meaning behind it. Um, that's actually my favorite thing about coaching being able to come up with something like that and put it in front of them and then them see something for themselves that like opens something up. Um, so th those are my favorite ways, uh, to do it as a coach, as a, um, as a client with my coach. I mean, I, I, I also enjoy it when my, when my coach and Christopher, you as, as a mentor of mine, I actually really enjoy when, people that I think are more successful than me or have been doing this longer actually share their lives because I think the same thing happens. I'm thinking someone like Christopher, Christopher or my coach is like, they don't have any problems. They've built these huge practices and they've done these things. And it's like little old me over here is like struggling along. And it's nice to know that even after 20 years of doing this, Hey, you still don't have it perfect. You still hit roadblocks. You still have challenges. You know, you still have breakdowns in your, in your business. Yeah, I think, I think there is something to be said for sharing, but I also appreciate, Peter, your caution to not share too much, right? Because the other thing that we're all great at is judging and evaluating, right? And I noticed that, like, I'm, I'm pretty mindful about trying to control, for example, everything from what people see on the screen, you know, in, a, in our Zoom environments these days, to what, um, what stories I tell, because I want to make sure that people then don't turn it around and sort of like, oh, you know, your children need help. Something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I guess I'm sort of revisiting the the stories not to tell. For example, if I've loved everything that you've shared with us today, and they're they're sort of stories about things, right? Lobsters, cairns, uh, uh, things like that, right? So we're we're talking about things that are natural. Is that on purpose? Are you looking for things that are sort of outside and natural and, you know, to Alex's point, sports things so that we can all access them, but it's not too much about like, oh man, I had a fight with my spouse last week. Yeah, you, you want the story to be relatable. You want it to be something that they can connect with. And as, as you think about the concept and as, as I was being trained in, in therapy and in clinic, especially family systems type therapy, triangulation is a powerful tool to use. And when we have... You mean here with me and Alex or in therapy? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, we, we get involved in, in these triangles all the time. Um, and 
when two people are, are arguing or, or inter interacting with each other, and maybe there's a little bit of defensiveness that's coming up. When you are able to triangulate the attention off of just that direct linear interaction out to a new subject that is less um, threatening, then it helps those emotional walls and defenses come down. And so that's why I think a lot of the subjects of these stories are very benign. I mean, they're, they're not at their, at their core uh, uh, something that's causing somebody an aversive reaction. Uh, and so you can use that to your advantage. Um, you also, I think it's very, you want to be careful is you're not wanting to offend anybody. You're trying to be very sensitive about their backgrounds, about their experiences, uh, those sorts of things. And if offense does happen to occur, then it's a wonderful opportunity to process through that, to have that narrative. And hopefully as a coach, you're humble enough to recognize, ooh, that was not helpful. That did not go well. And we're able to learn and to grow uh, together in that, in that state. Peter, do you have any, I know you, you brought up before um, uh, Star Wars, but do you have any uh, storytellers or writers or people, you know, out in the world that you really look to for inspiration, for guidance, that you're kind of like when you want to learn something, there are models to, to learn something new? That's a really good, good question. Um, as, as I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure there are particular individuals that stand out, but what I've found is I've really learned a lot by listening to a variety of TED Talks. And I think that the style that TED Talks have brought about, and I think the idea of TED Talks was phenomenal, but the format of TED Talks is revolutionary because it forces individuals to get very concise, very quick to the point. And I think that is a really helpful framework by which we can model a lot of the, the trainings, interactions we do, because it helps avoid that big long-winded story that we don't necessarily have time to, to hear or to share. And so I think that, is, as you say, kind of what models it, I think that, that mindset as, as a coach can be one of the most helpful mindsets to, to maintain and to bring. Um, but then, I mean, you get some of these, like, you know, the Malcolm Gladwells who, I mean, I, I eat up everything that man does. I just, I love the way his mind thinks, the way he connects, um, topics and individuals, you know, and there are other, um, just, just great minds out there. You know, Adam Grant has some really good information that, that comes. I mean, you just, just start listening to how they connect concepts. And that's one of the things I respect heavily is you have people who have great ideas, you have people who create solutions, and then you have those that are, are connect, connectors of ideas. And those are the ones I, I just marvel at. I'm like, oh, I wish I could borrow their brain for a little while. So good. I've got a million more questions and limited time. I, speaking of um, collaborations, you at Steve, Stuart Leadership, I'm sorry, I can't speak English today. You at Stewart Leadership have a unique approach of how you work with coaches, even though you are trained as a therapist. You work with coaches in an, is it an affiliate model? Yeah, yeah, we, we run an affiliate model. So the, the firm itself, so my, my, my dad, John Parker Stewart, my older brother, Daniel Stewart, and myself, we're the three uh, principals in the firm. 
and we have some dedicated consultants, and then we have a large bench of, of what we call affiliate consultants. I'm so sorry, Peter, I'm just gonna interrupt you. Yeah. You mentioned three people, and yet I, you told me you were the second of four. What happened to the fourth? Where's the fourth kid? What happened? So it's actually, so my, my dad's John Parker Stewart, older brother's Daniel, I'm in the firm, my two younger brothers are not. <laughs> They're, they, they have wonderful careers in, in other areas. Uh, we'll see if they ever join. It'd be fun to have them. How's, um, how's a holiday at your house? <laughs> <laughs> These two people come in and they get a lot of leadership development over dinner, do they? Or, or what's, what's the dynamic there? It's a lot of fun. It's a is lot it? of fun. Oh, it, it is a kick. And sure, now, there's, are the younger there's two shot boys, talk. What was that? Are the younger two brothers, sister? What do we got there? What's the mix? Well, I, I grew up in a family of four boys. Oh, I'm going to write a, I'm going to send some flowers to your mom right now. Okay. Well, she, she's a wonderful woman, and I have four boys. So oh, my God. It's, like, it's, it's boys, boys, boys. Yep, okay. lots of it. All right. Any, any stories from that family get-together you want to talk about, or do we skip <laughs> that because it's too personal? I think that might be for another time. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, took, I threw you off your game. You were telling us about oh, the no, affiliate model. No worries. But yeah, so we, we run an affiliate model where it very much is a kind of contract-based partnerships with coaches. And those that are interested in partnering with, with a firm, we're happy to, to chat with you, to, to help you understand kind of the Stuart leadership models and ways in which we operate, especially understanding the Lead Now program and the assessments and resources that they can leverage independently with their own clients. And if they're interested in being an affiliate and operating under the Stuart Leadership brand, they're welcome to. So I'd be happy to answer uh, any questions related to that. Um, yeah. And right now there's thousands of hungry coaches about to uh, hang on my next question, which is how should people reach out to you if they're interested in affiliating? <laughs> I think the best way is to reach out at info at stuartleadership.com. Uh, or go to our website, stuartleadership.com. Uh, we have lots of you recognize the, the models we have from leadership to teaming to change management to organizational design efforts, as well as the events, webinars, and, and uh, other resources we have available, articles. Just there's a ton of stuff in there. We just want to make available to share that information. Oh, I'll just hope for an uh, invitation to a holiday dinner at your house. Meanwhile, <laughs> Alex, uh, have you finished writing your email to info at stewardleadership.com so you can get in on this affiliate action? No, but I did write a, a very long note to myself because I think I know, I think you guys inspired uh, one of my next books on this podcast. So uh, I can't, it's, it might be too a little too early to share, but some of the stories and conversations that we had, I was like, oh my God, I have an idea. So thank you. I think that's, that is uh, one of the gifts of stories, right? It's like stories spawn off. There's like, I like to, there's always a sequel. Uh -huh. it might not always be good. Uh, every, every, every once in a while they're better. Um, but I think that when we tell stories, it's like, there's always, well, what happened next? And yes. so thanks for that. Yeah. And different, different ways to pull on that story of, all right, what was this individual thinking? Or what could an alternate interpretation be? And I think that's as you just, if you go back to throughout human history, even, even the earliest, more kind of indigenous records we find, it's storytelling through major religions of the world. 
It's storytelling. I mean, we have taught so much in this, this medium throughout our, our history that I think we can continue to embrace it and leverage it in, in so many effective ways. I have to share with both of you because I think you'd both get a kick out of it. And I actually think it's, I hadn't thought of it as a, as a context for coaching, but um, there's a new, relatively new show called Cobra Kai on Netflix. I and, love that show. <laughs> right. So Christopher, I don't know. Do you know Cobra Kai? Yes, I've, I have. I have the Netflix. So you've proved, but well, I just found out about it. But the, the thing that I love is, right, if for people that don't know, it's the Karate Kid from 30 years ago, the, the same characters, but now we're 30 years in the future and they're all grown up. And it's like, what happened to them, right? So it's a spin, but it's all the same characters and, you know, where their lives led. And the thing that I love about the show is it shows you all these different perspectives. It shows you how the, you know, the guy you thought was the bad guy was really like suffering and had so many of his own things that he thought he was the victim. And someone else thought, you know, we saw it through the perspective of Daniel LaRusso, who was the new kid in town, but really like all these people had their own versions of what was going on. And they do it not only with those characters, but with their kids. And it's a really beautiful example of how perspective and where you sit in the story determines how the story actually looks for you. So. Thanks for that. I, and I've been uh, using some stuff and I know you have too, Alex, from the last stand, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, right? There's a lot of great analogies, metaphors, or stories in there. I was, but you've anticipated my question and it's really the question I could not leave today without having asked, which is Peter, you referenced Sully. Alex has talked about Cobra Kai. Are there other movies or series or something that you draw on a lot or that you think coaches could go and watch and sort of become inspired by or use stories from? Are there some favorite leadership movies that of yours? Oh, there, there are some great ones. I'll say one that's more recent that I've been watching and leveraging, and it's actually on uh, Disney Plus. If you're in, and it's the it's called The Imagineers. And it's the story of Walt Disney's Imagineers and how they created Disneyland and have continued to evolve. And I think Disney is a story, there, there's a lot of powerful lessons you can learn from Disney himself and then how that organization's run. Not to say they're perfect uh, by any means, but I've found just so many little tidbits as I've watched that, uh, that documentary. And it's several episodes. Uh, hopefully, they'll continue to make more. But that's one recently I've just been like, oh, wow, there's solid stuff here. Really cool. And Alex, your, your offering is Cobra Kai, right? And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've been really impressed with, like I said, their, their ability to show different perspectives. I love the, as you mentioned, the, what's it called? The Michael Jordan, what, what's the documentary called? Like, Last Dance. Name? Yeah, the Last, Last Dance. Dance. Right, and I think, I think that one from the perspective of someone who was the best at something and what they were dealing with. Um, I, I honestly think that you can find it anywhere if you're looking. Um, that any story, any TV show, any movie, I think one of the most fun things about being a coach and learning coaching, but also then reading about how brains work and psychology is in everything I watch. I'm like now going, I'm seeing it all over. Yeah. So, and I like to pull from everywhere. 
I, I think it's it's kind of what makes it fun. It also it also shifts the energy, right? If we're having a, a rough conversation about someone's you know challenges in someone's business or their marriage or whatever, and all of a sudden you pull something that lightens it up that they really get, you can still be talking about that heavy thing, but from a totally different place. Yeah. And there, Alex, you're you're getting at a whole nother side of storytelling, which you can use humor to really help illustrate points to help. And, and that can be a really uh, helpful tool uh, to help gauge that emotional overflow that as a coach, you're having to track so many different things, just the, the topic of the conversation that's going on. What are the themes that have been happening over not just this session, but multiple sessions. And then what's their emotional over, overture overtones that are happening. Um, so that we're trying to keep those emotions from escalating so high that they get, you know, amygdala hijack and frontal lobe shuts down and they're not hearing anything else you're saying, you know. I have so many things to ask you, and I know our time is coming uh, to a close, but before we ask you for a, a parting thought or a parting shot, I just want to, I want to point to your history and, and your background, right? Uh, so first of all, where'd you go to school or do you tell people? Yeah, happy to. So I did my undergraduate at Brigham Young University in Utah, and I got my master's and PhD at the University of Kansas, uh, Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Um, there we go. So, Rock chalk. Yeah, I figured you needed a shot to, you know, balance the USC drop. from. Uh, there you go. The, Thanks. Uh, as somebody who trained to be a psychologist, and, and in particular a PhD, a real serious psychologist, a, uh, a researcher, somebody who's trained in that and sort of steeped in that and then on the other side of your life sort of being steeped in leadership development and and supporting leaders what had you move to more of a coaching model or do you do you sort of enjoy playing both sides of that or how do you how did you come to your particular sort of recipe for impacting leaders through coaching and using your background of psychology. I'm, I'm thinking of listeners who might be struggling with, should I pursue psychology versus coaching? Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you asking that. And, and admittedly, there, there is a, a fine line <clears throat> between the, the therapy and the coaching. And I think in some situations that lines become a little bit more blurred uh, recently. And I think uh, you know, I don't want to get in the whole kind of licensure regulatory type uh, side of things, but as as you're fundamentally looking at at therapy and coaching, and and what do I bring in? For me, I'll bring in some of the more understanding of this is the neuroanatomy. This is how our brain works. These are some of the fundamental uh, biases we we have as humans, um, but also helping to, to capture that emotional experience and to not be afraid to bring in our emotional reactions. And what do we do? Because that impacts the leadership style that we have. So you can, you can pull it through that, that EQ, that emotional intelligence side, but I might dive a little deeper into there um, to get that. But I'm not, you know, I'm not bringing in diagnoses. We're not pulling out the, uh, the DSM to have you know, real significant manualized interventions. When there's significant impairment and mental health, that's not coaching. You know, that's where you really do need uh, the full-fledged therapy to, to really help dive into that. And so as a coach and as a therapist, you have to know where that, that line is. But I think there's, there's a whole lot you can, you can bring in from the psychology side 
And I think most people, they get excited and interested in learning more about themselves. I mean, really, we are all fascinated with ourselves. We are our own favorite subjects. <laughs> well, Alex more than most, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, you get to learn a lot. And um, so I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to share a little bit more about how to, to leverage these skills, how to bring in stories, just and how to help people grow. And that's fundamentally what we're trying to do with coaching. We want to help bring out the best in people. Christopher, I feel like you're waiting for me. Are you? I am. And, and I feel a little bit bad about the last shot I took at you. So necessarily mean, but I, I mean, when you when it's true, it's true, right? Like, you know. <laughs> Did you want to um, no, I, 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 wrap us up today? Um, I mean, that's usually your job. But, you know, if you want to, you know, have me, st- you know. Um, you're practicing letting go of control. How am I doing? Not well. You can't just like, you know, let the leash off me in Disneyland and then I get lost and then you know, not the place to let go of the leash. Comedians would call that a, a callback, I think, where you went back to the, the first point. Yeah, I'm good. Would you would you wrap us up and, and send off our guest? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Patrick, thanks for being here with us today. Um, Peter, I don't know. Peter, you call him Peter. Patrick. Patrick, wow. Yeah, Thank Patrick you. was the guy on the um, race. You know what? I did this. I, I did this the other day. I had a guest named Julian on my podcast and I called calling him Justin. He goes, Where's Justin coming from? And I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> why. There's nothing I like, you know, apparently this is how my brain works. No, uh, in your defense, Alex, I get called Patrick all the time. Okay. And I think really? Patrick Stewart is a lot. He's a famous, you know, Jean Picard, you know, he's anyway. Yeah, so but you don't look worry. nothing like Patrick Stewart. This is not. A- <laughs> no worries. Uh, um, Peter, thanks for being here. Is, I, I don't know if there's any. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? Um, any like last takeaways or anything that you just need to share with the audience? Wants to share with the audience? Well, I just, I just think it's, it's continuing to nurture this desire to develop, recognizing we're never done. We're never fully baked. We're never fully cooked. Um, there's a saying my dad's been saying my entire life. And it's when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. And it's our goal is just to stay green. We want to stay green throughout our life. So we're not just repeating the same year over and over and over again. What are we doing different? How are we developing a new skill set? Just always have something we're focusing on building and learning and trying to improve. And that, I think, is that's the secret of successful life and, and happiness. It's just continual growth and trying. None of us are perfect, but just keep trying to get a little better, improve. Man, your dad would have driven me crazy as a kid. I was such a little punk. I would be like, all these lessons all the time. <laughs> Isn't Yoda? I don't need it right now. <laughs> um, Peter, uh, I want to give everyone your information again. So for people that want to find you, it's Stuart Leadership. Um, StuartLeadership.com. You're also on LinkedIn. And, yes. uh, they can find you Peter Stewart PhD. You're on Facebook at Stewart Leadership. You're on uh, business, uh, sorry, Twitter at uh, Stewart Leader. And yeah, and uh, email the producer at the coaching show so you can get a copy of one of these books. Um, if you're interested in the affiliation, contact info at stewartleadership.com. 
you can tell I'm all about the affiliation. I think that's great. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's building building this network and connection of coaches. It is such a marvelous field to be a part of, and I think we collectively do just great work. Uh, as it's an honor to be a coach, and it's just exciting to collaborate with others. So I appreciate this opportunity to join you today. So thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for the great work you're doing in the world. Once again, write your email to, as Alex said, producer at the coaching show to get a copy of 52 Leadership Lesson, Timeless Stories for the Modern Leader. Alex, you are going to, uh, as we wrap up here, you're continuing on thedreammason.com. People can find out the book, Fictional Authenticity. They can find out about Flip the Lens, the other, other podcasts that you do. Uh, anything else that you want to share as we're wrapping up? Uh what was the date I gave you? On September 23rd, 12 p.m., my talk on how you're, you're killing your business more than COVID. And Pacific. you get info, Pacific time, and you can get info on that if you, if you email me, alex at thedreammason.com. I'll send you a free link. And the Stuart Leadership Series has other books, Lead Now, a personal leadership coaching guide, as well as 52 leadership gems, and a book that we're still not in, The Most Influential Articles for 2020, all from Stuart Leadership. Check it out at stuartleadership.com. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. You can find out more about our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching, by going to accomplishmentcoaching.com, home of the world's finest coach training program, and they're not kidding. Uh, I thank you, dear listener, for being with us each and every week as we talk with people out on the cutting edge or just plain interesting folks in the field of coaching. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your time, and we will talk to you next week that's it for today's episode thanks for listening to the coaching show we will talk to you next week